Welcome back to Daddy in the Cornfield. I'm Joe and we have Tim with us again, and uh, as you know, today is the very exquisite tale of the afterlife with George. And um, other than that, let's just get into the story. This is the tale of George Alexander Smith Walker V. Um, a very interesting boy <laughs> who goes on vacation to Dubai because he feels like he needs to travel the world more. And he is about 21 years old and he just wants to have fun and, and party all day. That's why he go to Dubai. That's why he went to Dubai. And <clears throat> the story begins on in about three days left in his two-week vacation to Dubai, where he has done many things like uh, hang gliding, skydiving, a whole bunch of different things, shopping, exquisite dining there, and meeting all sorts of different people with big influence. And on this starts on the morning of that day, where George wakes up and decides he wants to ride a camel. I want to ride a camel today. He really, really wants to ride a camel. So he goes off to a camel rental service out uh, on the outskirts of the town where he can easily access the vast desert. I want your biggest camel. And they say, yes, sir. And they say, that's going to cost you three racks. And he's like, I have... About 50 with me, here's three, and he's not worried about it. Just make sure it has a giant hump on it. He wants to be lifted up in the air and uh, feel superior towards everyone else, even though he's going alone. <laughs> and I'll get a really great tan while I do it. A great tan, even though he... And then he also buys the supplies he will need on his way, like water, um, a turban, which he thinks is uncomfortable. Not very proper either. And he still wears it, though, because he thinks it looks a little cool to, ride a to wear a turban while riding a camel. And so he sets out on his adventure in the desert, and he's having a wonderful time looking at the desert plains and how it um, kind of looks like waves. I haven't even seen a cactus yet. What is this? Um, what he doesn't know is I don't even think there is cactuses, many at least there, just a lot of sand and... As he's going around, he starts to lose track of time because of all the fun he is having with his camel, Harry. Go faster, Harry! Harry is not the fastest camel, but it works. Then, um, it gets a little later and the storm starts to pick up. And What he, storm? Yes, he doesn't notice it at first, but there's the wind that starts to come and... And the wind starts to grow a little stronger. Ah! I've got sand in my eyes! And the wind starts to blow, and it starts into a sandstorm. And he is stuck out there, and he is still miles away back from where he rented the camel. And No worries, no worries. I'll just pull my trusty compass out. And he goes to pull his compass out, and he pulls it all out. And the only problem is there's so much sand, he can't even see the compass. And he says... That's all right. The camel probably knows the way home. Giddy up! And he is riding on the camel, but the wind and the sand is so strong it pushes him off. And while he is pushed off, he keeps trying to get back up, but the wind and the sand keeps blowing him back down. 
If I can't walk back, I'll crawl back. So he begins to crawl, but the sand becomes too much, and he uh, kind of blacks out a little. And um, I'll what? just do this all after a nap. So he takes a quick nap, but what he doesn't know when he's taking that nap is he actually dies. <laughs> and um, he stays as a ghost because um, he has not yet learned what he needs to learn. And there's still some things he needs to do, but he's dead, so he has to do them as a ghost. And um, so he wakes up the next morning. Good morning, hot, miserable desert. And he knows that it is um, the morning because it's light outside. <laughs> but what he doesn't know is that he's a ghost. He doesn't look too much at himself. He just gets out of the sand. And he actually floats out of the sand, but he doesn't know that. And he looks around for his camel. Can't see him right off. And he starts to walk a little. He's walking. And I guess he can still... He's not paying too much attention to how he can't feel the sand on his feet. <laughs> But he's not worried about that. So he keeps walking. He has his nice Hawaiian shirt and khakis on. And his fedora, which was blown off. He still can't find that. Yes, it was on top of his turban. <laughs> he always wears a fedora because he thinks it makes him look a little more proper. Because, you know, he's from a proper family. He has the fifth of his name. And he keeps walking. And eventually he sees Harry the Camel. And he... Goes over to Harry the camel and, um... Where have you been all this time, Harry? And Harry acts like he doesn't see him because he can't. <laughs> and, uh... Ah, oh, you stupid animal. I'll just ride you back. So he tries to get up on and it actually works. He hops right up on Harry and Harry doesn't move, though. And he's like, giddy up! And he says it really loud, like this. I even hit it really hard after that. And... He then, but the camel doesn't seem to process what's going on because he can't feel him and he can't hear him because he's a ghost. So he ends up, well, it's just a dumb camel anyway, and you know. And... Don't worry. I'm a strong, independent little boy and I can do it myself. Then he just decides to continue walking back and he'll pay the guy once he gets there for the camel that he didn't return. Actually, he might not even show up again and... He'll be kind of sad that their best camel is gone, but he doesn't care. He's George Alexander Smith Walker V. As he's walking back, though, he notices that he's a little wider than usual. He's like, I thought I got a tan out here. And what he doesn't know is I that... I guess he... I've got to go to the beach today to re-get my tan. Yes, and what he doesn't know is that he's actually a ghost. <laughs> and that's why he's a little bit of a wider hue. And as he's walking, he walks back and decides, hey, the beach isn't too far from here. Once he gets back to the main city, it takes him a couple hours. But he eventually gets there, and he's like, I'm a little tired. Might as well go to the beach and lay back and relax a little bit. I'm so white, I don't even care if I get sunburned today. No, so he goes to the beach, and um, he just... Uh, it's like, oh, I don't even need a chair. He just kind of lays down there. There's a couple other people there, but they're not around him. And he just lays down and he takes a quick little bit of a nap. It takes about an hour or two. He's just relaxing there. And when he wakes up, he looks down at himself and he sees, I didn't get a tan. <laughs> He's like, I'm the same color as before. I'm not even red. I guess I'll just have to try again tomorrow. 
So he, he ends up keep going. He goes, um, he's looking for some public transportation as he's walking down the streets. He notices that people don't really seem to notice that he's there, but he doesn't think much of it. He just thinks, well, I'm too proper for them anyway. And he's just jealous of my fedora. Yes, which he doesn't have anymore, but... <laughs> So they can't really be jealous of his fedora, but it's okay. He thinks he still has it. Just like he thinks he's alive still. <laughs> and he keeps walking, and uh, he finds a bus stop eventually, and he, he goes to pay the man, and the man acts like he isn't there. So he just uh, he shrugs his shoulder and hops on the bus and finds an open seat in the back of the bus, and he um, decides that he wants to go back to his hotel. And he rides the bus back, and he notices that um, there's a family on the bus. And uh, he notices that um, the family, unlike his, seems to actually like, enjoy each other. It is a, a mother and a father and about a five-year-old son. And the son is, uh, the father is pointing out landmarks to the son. And it flashes back George to a time when his father was alive, George Alexander Walker. George Alexander Smith Walker, the fourth, was alive, and he had done the same thing to him while he was a young boy in Britain, even though he never got that British accent. <laughs> <laughs> look at that proper thing, and now, look at this proper thing, and so many proper things. And he remembers his father teaching him all of this, and, and George thinks he's, from this, his father taught him to be proper, but George took it a little too far and thinks he's too proper to do anything except vacation and see the world. He thinks he's too proper for school and all of this, but um, he just was so heartbroken when his father died when he was around 12 years old that he tried to implement everything his father told him about being proper, and that is what led him to this state. I only eat a proper English breakfast every morning. Nothing else will do. And George is, he notices his family and it flashes him back to that time. And he's, he then begins to think a little bit about his family, his older sister, who um, it isn't as proper, but still has some proper things about her, but they don't get along because she thinks he should not just vacation. And he says he should. Psh sacrificing properness to be responsible Imagine. come on get real and so he also has a younger brother who's sort of like him um he doesn't the only thing different is he doesn't care about being proper but he likes the vacationing <laughs> and so he's a little rebellious so they don't give, get along very well and then there is his mother who he um, doesn't like as much because she's not as proper as his father was. And she likes to say, your father wouldn't be proud of you just vacationing everywhere. And he says, yes, he would. He'd want me to be proper. And his mother always says, well, proper doesn't mean you don't do anything. And she kind of agrees with his older sister and uh, Elizabeth. And yeah, so their family isn't as solid. Um, but they have a lot of money, which George likes to take and vacation with. <laughs> and, um, well, he gets off his bus stop and he walks to the hotel. And he's walking upstairs, he enters his hotel, and he's like, well, two days left. I guess I better, um, figure some things out. And, um, 
he goes to bed and because it's been a very long day of walking around in the desert trying to tan and stuff and him he wakes up the next morning and he decides why not go shopping and maybe meet a few new people and around dubai hmm now i just need a rental car so he's going to buy a rental car and he gets to the place and um when he's there, he goes up to the manager behind the counter and he starts to talk to him. And the manager, of course, because he's a ghost, acts like he doesn't see him. And George gets a little bit angry at him. And George starts yelling at him, telling him, can't you hear me? And he's like, he might be death. I might try another guy. And um, he walks up to another guy near the other end of the store and tries to talk to him too. But he acts like he isn't there. So George's like, huh, I wonder what's going on. And what he does is he goes and he's like, these people cannot see me. And he starts to get a concept of, I might be a ghost. George doesn't like that thought. He likes to think he's alive and well. and But he doesn't know quite for sure. So he decides, hey, I might as well test out a couple other things. And see if this is real, if I really am a ghost. So he goes out into the street. And he walks up to people. And he'll start talking and stuff. And no one acts like they notice him. I even started dancing once. So then he goes and he decides that, well, I guess people can't see me. But then he walks past a mirror. And he's like, oh, I, I can see myself in the mirror. And you can see... That he has a little bit of the ghostly tint to him. And he realizes, well, my feet aren't touching the ground. I'm probably dead. <laughs> and uh, George notices that someone else stops by the mirror. And they're staring with wide eyes and a little bit of horror in their face. Well, it is a jewelry shop. So he noticed the person is looking in the mirror and then looking at him. And looking back at the mirror, and then looking at him, then he reaches his hand out and puts it through George's chest. George laughs a little because it's a little bit ticklish. <laughs> <laughs> and then the guy just shakes his head, he rubs his eyes, he looks back at it one more time, looks across, and he mutters to himself, I shouldn't have drank so much last night. <laughs> and <laughs> he continues mm. on. Maybe I should go to a bar as a ghost. I don't think that would work out that well. <laughs> he doesn't end up going to the bar. He realizes that he's dead. and He thinks to himself that now that he's a ghost, what does he think he should do now that he is a ghost and he is dead? And he doesn't know what he should do now. He's like, where's all the other ghosts? It's just me here. And he's like, what if I was in the middle? I wasn't good and I wasn't bad. So I'm not going to heaven. I'm not going to hell. I just have to stay here. I'm the most mediocre person ever. I didn't help anyone except myself. and I, I didn't do anything that bad either, though. I just lived a proper life. I um, paid people money <laughs> to go on vacations. And I didn't really do anything bad except maybe get in a few fights. But other than that, he wasn't a bad person. He stuck to decent morals because he was trying to be proper. And, well, he decides, well, well... This is way too much thinking for me. I'm just going to go on vacation again. So he decides, 
that, well, people can't see him, so he decides to go to the airport, and he just walks through, and no one notices him. He decides that, hey, why not go back to, let's say, let's go to London. Not London, but Paris, and, um, in Paris, I, I've been there a couple of times, and I really like it there, so he decides to go there, and, um... He hops into the plane, goes to the best seat he can find, and sits down. Um, he knows that he probably needs to move if anyone else tries to sit there, because he feels like it'd be a bit of a weird experience to have someone, like, to be, like, inside of someone in a way. Ah! Someone just sat on me! So he decides to move, and he chooses a different seat. But he makes it to Paris, and he's roaming the streets a little bit. Uh, he stops at the Eiffel Tower. Um, he loves Paris. It's one of his favorite spots because it's a place that his father took him while he was younger. One of his favorite spots, except Britain, of course, his home country, the beautiful place of Great Britain, and the beautiful place that taught him to be proper and where his family was born. And as he's thinking about Britain, because he's thinking about, wow, this is a wonderful place, but it's not quite Britain, he thinks, hey, I don't like some of my family members. Why don't I go bug them as a ghost? <laughs> and this is what he decides. So, um, he decides to go back onto the plane. And while he, he goes onto a plane to Britain, and he flies back to Britain, and he hops off the plane. And uh, while he is um, going back to his the, um, the Walker estate, um, he notices a... a Wait. I don't know how to haunt people. He doesn't know how to haunt people. and He thinks about how to do it in a little bit. And while he is thinking, he notices a couple um, that is roaming the streets of London. And he's thinking, wow, they look happy. And he notices that they get into a little bit of an argument. And they end up going separate ways. And he thinks to himself, wow, that was such a weird moment. Something so good turned into something bad. And... An instant all over, which was the argument about what type of candy is better. <laughs> and this, of course, ends many relationships, knowing that this is such a high controversial topic. But George then puts this in the back of his mind, and he continues to walk, and he gets to the estate, and he notices that his brother's car is there, and a nice Aston Martin, and he notices that his car is not there, and he realizes it's still at the airport, and he's kind of sad. He, he's like, what am I going to do without um, my Rolls Royce? And he just shakes his head in agony and keeps walking. And um, he notices his his mom is usually always home, and uh, she keeps uh, kind of, she's in charge of the people that uh, run the estate, and she helps them run the estate, and... Um, his sister always is also lives there and runs the family business um, that he uses the money from to vacation, <laughs> and so does the younger brother. But his mother still has hope that uh, the two younger boys will um, come around and be able to help with the family business. Little does she know that George is dead, <laughs> and there is actually no one to carry on the family name anymore. Well, the George Alexander Smith Walker name. Actually, there could be, I guess, if um, his younger brother Albert decides to name his kid George. And even, I just got a form that doesn't work. <laughs> uh, we perfectly planned out this. Um, but 
As he goes, he notices his little brother, and he notices that his little brother um, has has all these things around him. Then I screamed to Boo really loud to try to scare him. And nothing happened. <laughs> so he realized maybe haunting's not what I can really be doing, but he notices the that Albert has all of these expensive things around him, but yet he looks sad. And he looks like... Um, he wishes he could find something else to bring him happiness, and he has many things, TVs, he has the newest of everything, and uh, so many video games and stuff like that all around him, but yet he looks sad. He needs a fedora. So that's what, um, George says to himself, thinking that, um, there is things that he could still get to make him happy. Uh, obviously he hasn't learned his lesson yet. <laughs> Then he continues on, and he sees his mother, and she is um, helping um, some people to be able to clean up some of the house and uh, make sure that things are in the right order. And he thinks, well, this woman is a woman, <laughs> and she is my mother, and she doesn't know I'm dead, and he thinks it's kind of funny. Um, so he goes up, and he, like, uh, just... High five! He says high five, and tries to give her a hand five, and... Slaps her hand, even though it's not even up. <laughs> and he knows nothing happens. He's like, dang, being a ghost isn't the funnest thing in the world. But he knows his mother. And he's always known his mother and not quite liked how she tries to make him do things. But he notices, he realizes that she's really is kind of proper. And is trying to um, enhance the legacy that his father left behind. And he notices that... Maybe her mother is doing some things, right? And then he goes on to see his sister, and his sister is working on some things on the computer, and he realizes, wouldn't it be funny if I just dumped water on the keyboard? <laughs> so he goes over, and he kind of, I guess, blow. I don't know. I guess he could still control wind a little bit as a ghost. And can you? Yes, he can. Let's try it! <laughs> and he blows over a water that is by her, and it drains her computer and she starts cussing it out a little bit <laughs> but of course we won't say that <laughs> what she said uh, um, to the full um, comprehension of what she said but you know this is that she's mad and angry and he thinks it's a little bit funny <laughs> hmm. maybe I can do a little haunting so he continues this throughout the day blowing on things to make things go wrong and he and he has some fun doing that. But then he goes out onto the porch of his um, dad's old room. His old study. And while he's out there on the porch overlooking um, the the courtyard and the garden and such on that he grew up living in in this beautiful manner. He stares out and he begins to think about things. He thinks... Of all his life and the things that have gone on. And he realizes that maybe he was a little bit wrong. And maybe he should have actually been a little more responsible. And maybe his mother and, and sister were right. Even though he chuckled about the misfortune he caused. And he realizes that maybe it's not all about vacations. And that... There's more uh, similarities between the family than differences, and they should put those aside. Yes, they'll have arguments, but um, you will end up right in the end. And George realizes this, and he starts to notice 
just sees a few ghosts around him. And these ghosts of, are people that he knew throughout his life and people that have passed away. And one is his father. And he says, Father, why are you here? <laughs> he says, why can I now see you? And he says to him, well, son, you finally learned your lesson. And he says, what do you mean? This is kind of dumb. I just died. I, can't, I, I was riding a camel and I died. And um, He's not very happy about this. But his father puts his hand on his shoulder and says, Well, son, you have to learn one way or another. And, well, I guess that's how you were supposed to learn. And he says, Well, well, there's at least my childhood cat who died here. And he notices that, yes, Whiskers McBottompuss is there. <laughs> yes, at least Whiskers is here. And he pets his very faithful kitten um, that died from him drowning him. But <laughs> that's a different story for a different time. <laughs> And he's so happy, and he looks at his father, he's like, But what am I going to do here, now that I am a ghost? And his father's like, there's many things to do, um, but we like to help people, as one of the main things we do. And he's like, but I just had so much endearing fun of, um, you know, I just had so much fun making all this misfortune happen in the lives of others, and... His father's like, yes, but have you realized how much more fun it is to make things go right? And he thinks back to the couple that were arguing about the candy. And he thinks, wow, if there's somehow that someone could accept it and be like, hey, it's just candy. It doesn't matter. They could have, um, this relationship could have progressed. and they It's could have just had a candy. Relation yes, it's just candy. It's not like they're arguing about what's better, a fedora or a ball cap. Yes, because that's something that actually matters. <laughs> so, um, he thinks about that, and then he thinks about the family on the bus that he was on, and how happy they were, and how he could have had so much more happiness if he would have um, put a, the differences aside and realized what... Um, how much better his life could have been. And he looks back at his father with a tear running down his face. I don't know, can ghosts, ghosts can cry. And it's a little bit of a faint, wispy white color. And his father says, well, son, I guess it's time to go to work. And that is the end of The Afterlife with George. And it's a very interesting story. And it's not, not the funniest, but at least it's a good moral. It teaches you a good lesson. Uh, um, teaches you the importance of not fighting about um, things that aren't important. And uh, ignore the things that are important about fighting about, like fedoras and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and you can be smarter than George, too. You can take what he learned and apply it to your own lives. And instead of going to the beach to tan, you could go to a cornfield. Amen, brother! <laughs> so, uh, uh, we'll be back on Wednesday and we'll talk about um, some more random business ideas. And we hope you guys have a great week. And this has helped your Monday and help you improve. And use the uh, great ideas of this uh, story to have a great week. And we'll see you guys all next time on Tanning in a Cornfield.